Welcome everyone. We're about to begin Bezis Hashem BPW number 34. That's by Spnimi Sheer for Women, Sheer number 34. The one thing um, one needs to know when hearing the Shiurim, especially for the women, is that everything that we say here, we say on the other side of the Mechitza for men and even more so. It's very important to understand that because in, during the course of the Shiurim, um, we will talk about things that require self-work, that every wife needs to work on herself to become a better person, a better human being, and a better wife, and to look themselves in the mirror and have introspection and be honest with themselves. So it comes with a knowledge that when we speak to the men on the other side of the mechitza, we equally and even sometimes more strongly emphasize that point. So when you're hearing these type of shiurim over here, you all need to understand that we are talking the same way to the men and even more strongly, but it's something that both sides need to hear for themselves, and that is where we are coming from when we are giving these shiurim. One needs to know in general that a marital relationship that endures, that lasts, that becomes more fulfilling for both husband and for wife is not an accident. It requires prayer, siyata deshmaya, asking Hashem for help in davening, and it requires a lot of hard work. It's only hard work that makes a marriage more fulfilling. Whether it's 10 years, 5 years, 15 years, 20 years after you're married, the hard work needs to continue, and that's just simply a reality in life. It could be pleasant and beautiful, but that it requires effort. It requires a lot of hard work. People have this immature notion very often that if we're soulmates and if we connected so well when we were younger and we were Hassan and Kala or in Shana Rishayna, that it clicked, and now I could just, I, I have it and we're one and that's it. But it doesn't work like that way. It doesn't work that way at all. There's no such thing as reaching a place of total relaxation and just to let the relationship go. Because if you let the relationship go, the relationship slides. There will always be work involved. And it's worth it. And it could be beautiful. And it is beautiful. And it is wonderful. And in order to understand the way the dynamic of marriage works and why the love ebbs and flows, goes up and down, and goes through different stages. There is effect, there is a certain level of something called affection, and then passion, and then genuine love, which we'll talk about. Affection is, for example, when a boy and girl are dating, I like you feeling that they have towards that opposite gender, a kind of love that stimulates the five senses, um, feeling good, sounding good, looking good, pleasant company, he or she makes you feel happy being with them. You love pizza, they love pizza. You love country music, they love country music. And a lot of relationships begin with this type of love. You notice the attractive features in the other person, and we find ourselves enjoying those parts of our, their lives that make us feel good because we relate to them, and it's enjoyable. So there's a lot of self-interest connected with that type of love. Now, there is a foundation of love that's necessary for that, but that type of love does not necessarily withstand the pressures of time. And after two years, three years, four years, the changes in lifestyle, the changes in hairstyle even, 
the changes that the husband and wife makes or the different views that they have or as they go older they change affects uh, those aspects and that's the thing to realize that if we base our love on these changeable characteristics that we found attractive on an affection level our feelings will get colder and colder until we wonder that i ever what did i see in my husband in my wife in the first place and then you you know in the secular world they run off to someone else to love they miss that feeling so again that's why affection love of what we just talked about of the connectivity based on he makes you feel you happy, she makes you feel happy uh, because of certain things that you like and it's shared interests alone, that alone has trouble maturing and lasting over the years. Then you have another type of love, which is passion, which is more unemotional than affection. And it's a lot sensual, it's a lot physical, it's a lot sexual, and... And it heightens our senses, it stimulates our body, it's similar to the infatuation stages, um, that you have this pull towards your husband or your wife, and part of it, and we're not honest with ourselves very often, but part of it is that we feel that they could satisfy our sexual urges. You know, it seems prevalent more in men than in women, but it really goes both ways, that they could satisfy their sexual urges or their other types of physical needs, money, uh, uh, clothing and care and so on and so forth. And that love is also found in marriage and it has a basis like we talked about in many shiurim. But if that passion exists without genuine love, then it fades and sometimes it even creates a negativity of tremendous disgust and repulsion after a while. This is the symbolism of when in Sefer Shmuel, we have that story of Amnon and Tamar, and Amnon lusted after Tamar, didn't love her, although he thought it was love in the beginning, right? He was very strongly pulled towards her. He even got sick to the point of how much he wanted her and had the desire towards her. And in his own mind, that was love. That was a connection. That was, un, you know, whatever it is. He took the bad advice of a, of, of, of a bad friend and he played this game to get her alone, and ultimately he raped her. And then right afterwards, what does it say? That he hated her even more now than he loved her before. Because it was a havashatliya bedavar, it was not really love, it was a pure lust. So that's very important to understand, that even though in the early years sometimes you have infatuation and you have physical attraction, if you use it the right way as a basis to get to a point, to get to the genuine love that we're talking about, then it's a beautiful thing. But if it's just isolated in and of itself and you're basing your love based on the sexual urges and the sexual passion and the physical attractiveness and all of that, it fades and not only that, it basically backfires and disintegrates and makes things very ugly. And that's why you have very often in the outside world with athletes, with actors and actresses where they have two seemingly beautifully physical beautifully people connecting with each other they love each other they can't get their hands off each other and they're one forever they're going to last forever and as we know 98 percent of the time in those marriages after a while they end up hating hating each other getting divorced and separating and then having court cases with fighting custody battles with the children so on and so forth because again it was based on this passion without the genuine love Genuine love is a different aspect altogether. 
It means that I, the other way around, it's a concept of giving. It's a concept of I need and I desire something. I see you have a need. I see you have a desire. Let me have the privilege of helping you with it. Let me have a privilege of giving to you. Let me have the privilege of helping you reach your full potential in life. It's usually and it has no qualifications. doesn't mean that I'll be your friend if you're my friend. And I will love you only if you do this and this for me. Of course, through marriage and in Shalom Bayis, we both, husband and wife together, need to work on working on ourselves. You can't just let it go. But the idea is, is that you don't base your love on you know, on the on the matzah where you are now, and therefore you could overlook a few flaws, right? You don't want a husband saying, I want to be, uh, I, want, I want you as a wife because you're beautiful and I want people to see us together, right? Or I want to have this particular husband because he's very good looking and it feels good to have him walk together with me, uh, you know, or wherever we are. That's not why you love. That's not the reason. It's, this, this is not about high school crushes and things like that. You know, I'll like her if she likes me, and if she gives me a hard time, I'll dump her. You know, genuine love does not work that way. And a key behind this love also is honor, is respect, and great value. You place high value on your husband. You hold your husband in very high esteem. Other than God himself, I honor and value my husband more than anyone else in the world, more than anyone else in this life. Whether they have flaws, obviously, like we all do. He is my treasure. He is my oitzer. And he is precious to me. And that is the way you begin to have that basis of shifting um, to a genuine love that allows marriage to blossom and to grow. And when it blossoms and grow, you could have that first previous thing that we had, affection works, passion works, all those things that we said that were not ever not lasting if they're in and of itself and they fall apart. But with genuine love, those aspects are important and they do add beautifully to the relationship in the marriage. So the ability to love in a selfless way also depends on your maturity level. All of us, many of us know that we haven't grown up. Many of us, it doesn't make a difference if we're talking to people in their 20s or in their 30s or in their 40s or in their 50s and beyond. Some of us didn't grow up. Sometimes we have an immature aspect of what we believe love is. Sometimes it's based on jealousy, right? In other words, you fear you're losing something or someone. Sometimes it's envy. You want to possess that person, what they have. Sometimes it's anger. Because you can't control other people. Sometimes it's loneliness because you're dependent on other people. Sometimes it's fear. All of these aspects of these emotions that are connected with immature love. You want to use other people. In this case, you want to use your husband for your personal happiness. You, want to, you have a hunger for a pleasure without regard of the cost. And just like people have this immaturity, and it's more than that, it's deeper than that, but part of it is immaturity that's behind the abuse of alcohol, of drugs, of the sexual aspects. And, and, and we all have this immature aspects from time to time in the way we understand and treat our husbands or our wives. And the, the highest level of maturity in a relationship is to know how to give 
and how to receive in a healthy way, to help the other person fulfill their potential in life, the more you do that, the more close you are to being a mature, healthy adult, a mature, healthy wife, a mature, healthy husband. And that is very important. Now, important aspect is, and we talk about it on the men's side, again, I want to stress that, it's a two-way street always. But, and we talk about how on the men's side, they sometimes take, don't take their wife's viewpoint into account in a serious way. But it works both ways too. Very often, a major stumbling block for most wives in developing a lasting love for their husbands is that they don't understand their husband's needs and desires from their viewpoint, from their standpoint. And it's 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 hard to do because it takes work to be in the other person's shoes to understand how their um, you know mind works and their heart works. And it could take years for them to truly understand this. But over after learning an open relationship and a beautiful thing, then then it grows and it develops. And that's very, very important. We gave this muscle on the other side of the Mechitza. It works both ways also. To love your husband in a mature way is like having a productive vegetable garden. And as a muscle, if you take a vegetable garden and you have a small one and you don't hop, you really, you thought, think that fertilizer, of course, helps facilitate the growing of vegetables and fruits. So if you take, though, a, a half a bag of fertilizer and let it sit there, and you, you would think, okay, and you plant whatever you plant, it'll come beautiful, but something went wrong. Carrots had brown edges, the tomatoes rot at the bottom, none of the beans survived, the cucumbers also. So what happened? Till an expert gardener explained that you burned your vegetables with too much fertilizer. Your intentions was good. You wanted to make a good garden, so you threw in fertilizer, a lot of it, because you know that that helps it grow. You put in too much, it burned the vegetables. It destroyed it. If only they could have talked. If the beans could have said, hey, up there, you're putting too much fertilizer in this garden, you're killing us. The chemicals are killing us. You know, if you don't do something about it, if you, you we're going to die. If they could talk. But they didn't, they can't talk. So very often, a wife fails in the same way when she doesn't know exactly what these love ingredients are that their husbands truly need. But her, her husbands can talk. And we need to communicate with them what they need, how much they need, and when they need it. And it goes both ways because, of course, it's an ikah for a husband to care for a wife. But the caring needs to go both ways. He needs to care for her, for him. She needs to care for him. He needs to care for her. And when also another thing, just Agav, I want to say, is that wives need to know that generally speaking, husbands really don't know what you need. They are not mind readers. Sometimes they're clueless. It's part of being men. And they could be good, wonderful people inside that want to give you tremendous love and affection and time. And, but even when they're committed to do that, men are men and they sometimes don't hop. And very often you need to tell them what your needs are in a gentle way, in a loving way, not in a critical way. And 
understand that they're not, and don't be upset at the fact that they're not mind readers. They cannot read your mind and it's not like oh they should have known already they know me how many times did you know you know i hinted this doesn't make a difference how many times it was hinted you again express in a calm beautiful way what your needs are and most of the time the husband will be very happy to fulfill it so it's very very important to understand all of this and we'll be more in the upcoming shiurim but again, I, I want to reiterate this point because it's very, very important is that, uh, and again, we're, we're, we're working on it and we're trying to find some women and if anyone you know, other people that could give shiurim, women to women, I think there's a certain effectiveness that would help beyond, you know, professional women that are experts in shalom bias get the right person to, at least from time to time, and hopefully more kviyistic away, to give shiurim to wives that could truly help them. So in a nutshell, to understand what we talked about in this shir, is that a marital relationship requires tefillah, requires hard work, requires persistent. We talked about the different aspects of love, an affection love, a passion love that won't last in and of itself, but then a genuine love based on giving, based on wanting to help each other fulfill their goals and their potential with great respect and value. We talked about unhealthy, mature, lower, mature levels, and then the idea of taking your husband's viewpoint into account, trying to understand his needs, and trying to understand that he's not a mind reader, and when you express your needs, he'll be able to give that to you and also to encourage him. And he needs to know, he needs to express what he, his needs are to you and to ask him of that too so you could be able to provide it for him. Bracha